Welcome to We Could All Use Some Therapy, the podcast hosted by two friends who also happen to be therapists. With over 30 years of combined experience, we'll discuss why people go to therapy, why they don't, and the systems they navigate. While our podcast is about therapy, it is in fact not your therapy. No information in this podcast should be considered a substitute for treatment. Please seek out a professional mental health provider for your own support. Hi, everyone. This is Isabel. Hey, y'all. This is Jill. We are um, so glad that you have joined us again. And we're going to talk about all sorts of fun and not fun stuff today. Not fun is key. Well, I think what we'd not like fun to is do key. is find a thread of fun throughout the entire thing. So even mm-hmm. when we're talking about things that aren't fun, we hope that you enjoy it. And if you don't, then that's fine. Yeah. You can't yep. lose everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, we were uh, thinking about just kind of the work in general as the social work or social worker or therapist. You know, we were thinking about just larger things happening in the country and the world and just in general, how that can impact our work. Yeah, I think anybody who has been working in the help, helping profession you know, since, since the pandemic has begun, has continued all that, um, has really felt the impact of how much has changed and how much things have intensified in the mental health scene. Uh, Isabel, I know you were working in your high school position when the pandemic hit and then pretty much all throughout. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I had been there for what, like nine years before it started and Mm -hmm. went remote and stayed remote. And then I just left the job at the end of this past January. So we were back in person by the time I left and things were just, oh, there were just so many things. There's just so many things. Even thinking about this conversation is incredibly (laughs) overwhelming, right? Like what it felt like when the pandemic first started, how it was impacting that community, um, the kids, the families, the staff. And, you know, and, and then it's not like that problem ended and then we shifted into how do we do remote learning? It's like that continued. And then we mm-hmm. layered on top of it. How do we, how do we do this remotely? And then we layered on top of it. How do we bring people back, but also continue to take care of the people who need to continue to be remote and then layered on top of that, how do we keep people feeling safe? And on top of that, how do we keep people feeling safe remotely or in the building while the pandemic is still happening and teach kids stuff. You're making it sound like this was a big ask, Isabel. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of complaining. It's just a pandemic. Come on. And it's <laughs> over, right? It's quote unquote over. It's, it's right. Unquote. Problem solved. Everyone's fine. We're normal again. Everything's I'm, back to normal. Everything's totally cool. Nobody has any trauma over that. I think that's the thing. That's the thing that I think is so challenging right is that it isn't like I was talking to someone recently just about how uh, I filter the news as best I can um, because things are just so uh, overwhelming and uh, what that person said back was that you know there's always something happening at different points in time throughout history you know there's always something in the news there's always a few things in the news I don't know if maybe, I don't know. It just feels to me like now it's not like one thing ended 
And now we're like moving on to the next thing. It just feels like all the problems keep adding on and I don't even know mm-hmm. where to look, right? Do I look at the stuff happening in New York City or in New York State mm-hmm. or in the country or in the world? Uh, it, and yeah, it's, it's there's no break. There's no break. It's true because something in the news comes out, everyone talks about it. And then I I think, you know, maybe, maybe it used to be more that this is what's happening and then you move on to the next thing. But for most of our lifetime, it's been just multiple things happening all at the same time. And like you say, it's not like one thing gets resolved and then you move on to the next one. It's just this like existence of bad news around us. And it's really hard to be like mentally healthy sometimes with this bombardment of, I mean, let's face it. Most of the things, you know, are, are bad news. You know, everything's very scary and urgent. And I mean, it really does contribute to the level of anxiety that seems to be present, which just seems to be higher than it was previous to the pandemic. And then especially during the pandemic that we are still in right now. Man, it's right. a depressing conversation, Isabel. What are you doing? I don't I don't know what you mean. I'm having a great time. Um yeah. Stop I'm talking about that. depressing things. <laughs> well, that's the, that's what I was just starting <laughs> to think about. Is like there came a point, and I think it was probably peaked right after George Floyd was murdered, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden we were like, we're not naming stuff enough, which we weren't, right? Like yeah. we don't focus on things happening in the world, especially in a school setting, you know, you got to focus, focus on testing, focus on exams, focus on graduating, focus on credits. So then all of a sudden it was like, oh man, we got to talk about this stuff. So then, (laughs) then there's this battle of like, let's talk about all these things to all these kids all the time. And then it was like, wait a minute, do kids want to talk about this all the time? What about Mm -hmm. some kids who want to talk about it and some kids who don't and some adults who can handle it and some adults who can't. Mm, That's Uh, a big one. And so, and, you know, I think in counseling, it's a little bit easier because it's either an individual session or maybe like a small group session with some students. And so there's more, but yeah, I think just in a bigger sense of therapy, right? How do you, how do you make space for all the things happening in the world without imposing those things on someone's session, right? Yeah, it is, it is interesting the way that you said you know, we're naming these things now and that these things have always existed, but now so many things have been kicked up and it's kind of hard to know where to go with these conversations sometimes, because like you say, you know, just speaking from working in school settings, like different kids need different things. And that's why, you know, we were focusing on equity versus equality and that mm-hmm. conversation and, It is a, you know, I've always felt that it is kind of a bit of a bit of a privilege to be able to have a session with a student where you can just talk to them about the things that they want to talk about and get to process those feelings with them in a private, you know, space, not in front of a bunch of other kids, you know, which is why I I, I do think that school-based therapy can be, can be so helpful because you're kind of getting kids in their natural environment 
or one of their natural environments. But yeah, it is, it is a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. I, I think the other thing is just like, like you said, all the things happening, it's so overwhelming that it's just kicked up. So kicked up mental health issues or it's like pull back the curtain we're like talking about it more some more people are seeking out help for it I think but like we can't fix it right like Mm -mm. we wouldn't that be amazing if we could just fix it yeah my god we'd be so famous Roe v Wade back on again that's right let's fix it fingers fix that we'd be so cool be the coolest everyone would listen to our podcast because they'd be like (laughs) what are they gonna fix next that's right (laughs) climate change fixed it done police violence fixed it fun anyway see i told you we'd have fun talking about dark (laughs) stuff but i do right it's like it's so cool that so many more people are coming to therapy now to talk about these things and Uh like cool come talk to me also just so you know like i can't fix it (laughs) Right, right. We're just going to be sad together. Right. We're just going to talk about it together. We're going to be pissed about it together. I'm right there with you. And um, you do still have to go to math class, but maybe you can be like 10 minutes late. So I can give you that. Totally. I'll give you a pass. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a cool kind of therapy though? I guess that's just friendship. I was going to say if like, we could just sit there and complain together, just sit in bed together. That's kind of what I do with some of my students. It's so I'm always objective, of course. And professional, always. 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 Just container. But I do, I find myself wanting to just agree and talk about how I feel also. Would be nice, but yeah. I mean, I think that validating opinions or validating thoughts is, you know, part of it, of course. But I think that as any human, I mean- you know, you want to be as objective as possible, especially if like your personal beliefs don't necessarily match with your clients or students or patients' beliefs. And I also think that when you are in alignment with somebody, it's just sort of the human experience to sort of be like, yeah, right? Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it can be connecting as long as it's, you know, done in a professional way, but for sure. Sometimes it is hard to be objective and to, like I said, just be the empty container. That's not really my style. It can be depending on what somebody needs, but I also just think that it's hard to not align when someone comes in and like, I cannot handle all of the things going on in this world. Like I just, I, I, I can't listen to it anymore. I can't get engaged in it. I can't, get in an argument with somebody like people are very arguey and you know families are arguey with each other because of all of the because of all the political divides that we have again that had always existed but have just been exacerbated so much in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. especially since trump was elected so yeah it's rough out there i mean this the landscape of therapy always changes depending on the times, right? Like, and that's why we try to adjust and um, which is something that I do think is important to talk about. But the last couple of years, again, for anybody who is in the helping profession and the medical profession and education, you know, all of, all of these types of professions, it's just 
unbelievable how much we have had to really adjust and and how much more there has been that's come that's come at us because the support looks really different and there's so many more people to support mm. so yeah what are we doing we're podcasting about it <laughs> that's all we can do by the way that's i just true. wanted to mention that uh, in case you missed it, arguey is a clinical term. Um, it will be in our show notes under social work terminology. Under words that Jill makes up. <laughs> but I think like, even if you can validate someone's feelings, you're still, it's different than you being able to like slam your hands down and be like, I can't handle it either. I also can't handle it. And then just start crying. I know. I know. It does make you feel better sometimes though, right? Just to ha- be able to have somebody to just sort of collude with a little bit, mm-hmm. not in any kind of sinister way, but just to be like, right? I know. God. <laughs> Wait, what? I want to know what would colluding in a sinister way look like? It would be like, okay, I, I have know. this plan I've been working on actually. And now <laughs> that you mention it, I was wondering if you wanted to team up with me. Okay. I hadn't thought that whole thing through, Isabel. I don't know. It was just like the character on the Simpsons that like drums his fingers together. <laughs> What's his name? Um, My husband would kill the rich me. rich guy. Yes. With the big long nose. Yes. I don't remember. I know. I'm it's more so, of a visual person. I have friends who would be so embarrassed that I don't know who that is. Anyway. We'll call him Dr. Knows- Dewey. Dr. Dewey? Yeah. Where did that come from? so confused anyway i don't know what evil colluding would look like it's what i don't want it to be so i did not think of an example mm. but but the um but just to sit and just be present with somebody and just to even if you don't agree with their opinion on it just to validate like yeah this sucks doesn't it <laughs> it is just terrible and I also think it's you know it's important in working you know I'm always my frame of reference is almost always going to be with teenagers and adolescents but the just the ability to be like right it just sucks because so many adults and I mean I I do the same thing with with my own family but adults just want to sort of fix it or say like, Oh, it's not so bad or, Mm. or, okay, let's try this and and let's put something negative into something positive or just validate in that more parental way. And I think just saying like, yeah, it sucks. Mm. And then stop talking and (laughs) And just sit in it together. Yeah. Just sit in it together, which sounds funny, but that's a lot of what therapy is, is Mm. just sharing the experience with somebody who is able to sit and process that experience with you and not try to give you some concrete solution that may come eventually, you know, you may want to have a conversation about how to cope with it. And uh, well, you know, hopefully that would come, but sometimes in the moment, in the very beginning, when you're just sort of letting things out, most people are not in the mood for a solution or they're Mm. not in the mood for like, okay, so how can you shift your attitude on this? It can kind of depend on what you're in therapy for, but at least when you're starting out and, you know, our last episode was about how you start out for the most part, people are not looking for hard lined solutions on what to do to make it better. It's just in the beginning, sort of a, 
yeah, I, this kind of sucks for me and this is why. And my style at least is like, yeah, that does sound, that, that sound, that sounds like it sucks. I can Mm. understand that. So that's my style. And then the relationship kind of builds from there. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you said that because I did also have that experience with kids. And I, I think part of it is that kids never get validated. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's like just maybe starting to happen a little bit more, but like when I was a kid, nobody was interested. And I know when my parents were kids and my grandparents were absolutely nobody was interested in validating (laughs) their feelings. It's just, nobody has time for that. Right. Um, You're a kid like, yeah. Uh, So I do. And I think that that's a huge part you know, people, I think, assume it's really challenging working with kids. And I think really kids just want to be like, if you can sit with a teenager or a kid and -hmm. let them have the space to talk and just validate their feelings, or even just listen to them. It's a huge, huge part of building that relationship. And it takes Mm -hmm. just listening skills. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm finding it different with adults. Um, there is this, either a combination or just more of a desire to have like a plan. Like what are right. some things I can do? And, and you're like, Oh, I didn't think we were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a course on this. Oh, yeah, no, it's really, it's so interesting, I guess. Right. Like as an adult and I'm just starting out. So I, I you know, sure. I'm, I'm still figuring it out, but it seems, and it seems to me, I mean, I, I do think I have the skills to, you to offer that. A hundred, you a hundred percent have the skills too. for that. I do, No I, imposter syndrome allowed as well. You absolutely do. It's just an adjustment, right? It's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's, I'm thinking about it from their perspective, right? I guess it's like, as a kid, you have all these feelings and you need somewhere to put them and you want them to be validated as an adult you know, you have a busy schedule. Maybe you have family, you have kids, you have a job, you're paying for therapy out of your own pocket. You're like, I need something. I need to leave this feeling like it was productive. Right. Um, which is interesting. And I don't have time for validation. (laughs) Yeah. I can have my friends validate me for free. Um, if I'm paying you, you better give me something I can walk away with. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that's true. I can, I can understand that feeling like, like, like pressure too on the therapist part. Um, and again, seems like that would be a really big shift for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing about being a therapist is like the foundation of skills are the same across the board. And then you just like make adjustments and build on them. But I, you know, I thought there's adjustments to working with adults and families. I mean, I've been working with families for years. It's something that it, I don't want to say it's easy to adjust to, but it, it's just like a, I felt like a couple of quick, like quick, like mindset shifts that have happened. Yeah. Um, and it is like at the base of it, it's, it's the same skills that you use across the board, no matter where you are and what you're doing. Um, and I really think like being able to just listen to someone and withhold judgment and be able to sit mm-hmm. with them and their pain are a big part of the work. Yeah. And I also think that while there may be a little bit more expectation for results or more concrete skills that people want to have coming out of therapy, I think that it's still the same though, and that you're trying to help somebody to help themselves and you're trying to help someone to come to realizations on their own. And of course, like you, you know, we all have 
toolkits and 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 things that you know that we can teach and impart onto the people that we see. But I remember telling one of my students, um, this was years ago, who would come in very repetitively and and you know was was really trying to work through them work through some things. And I had the relationship where I could kind of say this and I was like, you can't be in therapy all the time. You, <laughs> you're going to have to carry some of this over. And, you know, it's not appropriate for a therapist to be there all the time and to have that constant feedback. You know, of course, if somebody is in inpatient mental health treatment, that is different. If somebody is going through a significant trauma, that is different. You know, there's all sorts of situations that that does not apply. But mm -hmm. for the most part, when you're having, when you have a setup where you have weekly sessions and you're trying to kind of contain that, you just can't be in therapy all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the whole idea is to be able to learn how to cope without that constant support. Even if we're talking about like we limit it to a couple of times a week or then and then maybe once a week and then once every other week or something like that. But the idea is never to 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 be there all the time. Mm -hmm. It's it's to it's to to create fluency so that they can do it on their own. That's oh, my guys. clinical therapist voice. <laughs> yeah, I think I had an interesting conversation with one of the other counselors I used to work with at one point about kind of like seeing the ending of working with a kid as a graduation, right? Yeah. Like there should be a termination. There should yeah. be a point where you have um, achieved the different goals that we've set over time and mm -hmm. have made progress and have internalized some of the conversations and some of the messaging and developed some of those skills that you can now move on without having to see me. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's the goal. And I feel like that doesn't happen in schools. I feel like there's this expectation that like you just, it just keeps going and going and going and going and going until, until the they graduate. Leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not, I don't know. It's so interesting. I feel like there's such a, there's like a revisioning that should happen in school counseling. Uh, oh yeah. Revisioning? Yeah. Re-envisioning. Revision. Don't be arguing. Revisionarian. Re re revisionarying <laughs> arguing i can't say that we'll put that we'll put that in the show notes too <laughs> it used to be that you know some we would see someone for counseling maybe six months a year you know i think that that's still ultimately the goal but yeah that it it does the the timeline has definitely gotten hazier especially you know especially now mm -hmm. where you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to justify saying, okay, you know, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna limit sessions or things like that when there's so much catastrophe going on all the time. Not that there are definitely thoughtful ways to do that and appropriate ways to do that sometimes, but that I, I do see that as a trend is that things are lasting longer than maybe they did, you know, a few years ago. So, and then there's uh, always yeah. something new. There's always something new, right? Right. And, and that the people do legitimately need the support, which is, which is fine, but it does just seem like things are, are going on for longer. Yeah. I think what I was thinking about what you said before a couple of times about what did you call it being a container? Yeah. Being a container. 
And I think that there can be something so addictive about that for all people, not just for kids, right? Is like, they just get used to having, right? There's these skills we're talking about that make us good therapists. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it makes you so valuable to someone because they don't get it from so many other people that they Mm -hmm. want to keep getting it from you. And I think that's part of what makes terminating, like ending working with someone difficult is there's, there's an addictive. And I find that that can also happen in, in non-work relationships, Mm -hmm. right? People find it really valuable to have someone who can just listen, but then you just become, you become the container for everyone and everything all the time. And then you you have have, filled up. Right. But compassion fatigue is real. Yeah, it's real. And I mean, we're in these jobs because we like them and I find it very rewarding and I, I learn from it all the time. And, you know, if, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. And it's really hard, mm-hmm. especially, especially now mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's very hard being a therapist right now. There's a lot to be stressed out about right now, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot. And, and, but I think there's also a lot of support too. If you are willing or able or have the abilities and wherewithal to, to reach out. Yeah. Agreed. That was dark. (laughs) A lot. By the way, your room is really dark. It is. Well, it's nighttime here. Yeah. And I only have have lights. I do. Well, I have my (laughs) desk lamp on. I didn't turn on the overhead. I really don't like overhead light. Me neither. I don't like it. I, don't I get like that it from my mom. Long. My mom likes the side lights, but then my husband comes in. He's like, why is it so dark? I was like, maybe it's not I get dark. it from your mom too. <laughs> That's I right. My like mom, it. my mom has heavily influenced you. right? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. It, yeah. I really like dim lighting. It's my preference. My office at the school was always dim. Me um, too. I turn off those like fluorescent it. lights. Yeah. Yes. It feels like you're in a hospital. Yes. Or like some kind of institution. I always hated it. So I, all the counselors. Or a school. school. <laughs> or a school. It, feel, it feels like you're in a school. <laughs> all of the counselors had lamps and created that like kind mm-hmm. of lighting. That's um, what I do. Come in here and, and tell me your secrets. Sounds weird. <laughs> it is weird. It sounds weird. <laughs> tell me your secrets. Tell me your secrets all right well so the uh the takeaway is that the world is difficult right now and you know i i talk to my students a lot about trying to limit limit their news intake to try to um, use their supports use their supports yeah and i think that's really I think it's really important because it's not just news on a TV or on your computer that you can disconnect from, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there, it, it is, it's everywhere, everywhere now, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's really, it's not, I mean, there are certain things that we can kind of as almost a, a coping skill kind of turn a blind eye to, because sometimes there's only so much human agony that you can manage reading about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are some things that are just right in front of you and you really just can't deny that they're there anymore. So, you know, taking on what you can and reaching out for your, um, for support, I think is really more important now than ever. And 
if it's in your nature, offering support, because there's also something helpful about that. I think you were kind of talking yes. about that a little bit in the beginning. So yeah. I think the takeaway is there's sunshine <laughs> and there's crap, bring it all to <laughs> therapy or uh, be the therapist or find some kind of combination, but uh, don't sit home with it by yourself for too long. Cause yes, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of we could all use some therapy we hope that you found some of the content relevant and uh, we'd love to hear from you so if you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share with us feel free to email us at we could all use some therapy at gmail.com the longest email address in existence we would love to hear from you and uh, use your questions and thoughts for future episodes hope to see you again soon bye